It's that adversity that brings wisdom. And it's those mistakes that make you wise, that make you better. So lean into them. Know that you made it, own it, and be smarter and be wiser because of it. And that accountability to yourself is what's going to make you a better person. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Access Points Podcast. Super glad you're here listening to us. Davin Marceau, Chief Operating Officer with Access eForms, here as always with our owner and CEO, Mr. Tim Elliott. Hello, Davin. Hey, that last episode was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. It really was. And this next one, we're just going to jump right into it, and it's accountability. And to put it in context, we spent some time in the last episode talking about vision versus operations and how that works and how you think and how conflict leads to resolution, how resolution leads to growth. But there's a huge, I think, vein of accountability in this, Tim, and it's kind of tied into trust. It's tied into discipline. There's so many veins for how we we work and how we operate on a day-to-day basis that's tied into this concept of accountability. And I think now in this contemporary operating environment that is kind of post-COVID, the accountability aspect of our jobs and of our lives is wildly important. Agreed? I do. And, and, and you know, to me, I see that accountability is there's two parts to it is there's accountability of an organization to itself. And there's accountability as a employee, as a manager, as a supervisor, as an executive to not only the organization, but also to yourself. And it goes right to what you said about with COVID, it seems like everyone's gone from office-based to home-based. And that's changed the dynamics in a huge way for organizations. You and I have talked about this a ton. We saw a huge productivity spike. Everybody's from home. Everybody's excited. Then let's drive to work. My vision for this is I think that's going to curtail. And I think that there's going to be some productivity declines over time. I think there's some bad habits that are going to take place and cause that to be an issue. I say that and here we've been virtual for going on, what, 15, 18 years now? (laughs) But we've seen that, you know? So, but accountability is super important and I'm glad we're talking about it. Right, and so much of this, I think, centers around the mindset of the leadership of the organization too. So many companies out there were used to having butts in seats from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you could measure productivity all too often by there's that person, he's here, she's here, they must be working until this period of time. And people have had a heck of a time adapting away from that mindset because you don't have the ability to reach out to put a hand on a shoulder, to say, hey, how's your day going? To say, hey, what's going on? And so how do you shift your mindset away from saying presence equals productivity towards the other way, which we're having to go to, which defining the end state, defining acceptable, what is your minimum grade to get done by this? And I think it's it's often task-based execution rather than hourly, eight to five, nine to five, whatever it is, towards helping them define what productive means for them. And then after productivity, you can be build in accountability to that. Right. It, it, it's so funny because that we're, you know, we come from different generations and, you know, my first job started, you know, a first job, actual professional job happened in 1989. And that was a long time ago. Were you born then? No, I was eight. Okay. Thanks. That makes me feel great. 
But, you know, thinking back to the early 90s and so much of the business books and the videos and the seminars were based around how do you increase productivity of your people? And the number one, I guess, tactic you would use is, and I can't remember who it was that did this. Now, I'm not good with the names. Um, I assume it was Drucker or somebody. I can't remember what it was, but it was about management by walking around. I don't know if you've heard that term before. And, and that was, is, you know, the way you find out if things are happening or get the real pulse of the organization is to literally walk around, is to walk around and, and, and talk to people and asking them, you know, how they're doing and what about this project and that project. Or if you're in manufacturing, walking around and seeing people, you know, do things and, and you know, work with the machines. And sometimes you can see inefficiencies that don't come out in reports. Uh, I've got a really good friend who runs a, a very successful car dealership, and which is one of the things they they do every morning with the salespeople is they go walk the lot. Justin, why in the world would you go do that? That's crazy. You have a report that says it. And he goes, there's something about walking around the lot and looking at what you have that puts something in your brain that helps you remember what you have available so that when somebody comes in or they call that you know what it is, you've seen it. You know where it is in the lot and it corresponds with the report. And so, you know, that's that part that's different that comes from the nineties that you can't do when people are virtual, right? You can't check in with them and see what they're really doing. You can call them, but as soon as you call, you know, they're on alert. And uh, it's really tough from a guy that, you know, learned these management techniques in the 90s to deal with the lack of accountability they have and the new ways that we hold people accountable now, which is what you brought to us, um, that are completely different than what I'm used to. Well, and it's wildly different from my background, too. You know, <laughs> growing up in the military, the first the thing that popped in my mind was inspect what you expect. Yep. That was one of the sayings. Which we call it a truism. Yeah. And you, you go back to uh, stuff like motor pool Mondays and you're so used to being engaged in the military at the ground level. You know, you grow up and, and it's you're working with three to five people. And whether it's if you're packing your duffel bag for deployment, there's a packing list. And as a team leader, you'd have your, your three to five guys out in front of you and you'd say, okay, five brown t-shirts and everybody holds up five brown t-shirts. One, two, three, four, five, Smith, pack them. One, two, three, four, five, Jones, pack them. One, two, three, four, you know, Taylor, why do you only have four brown t-shirts? And so you were able to inspect real time. And so for me, especially as a, as a young leader, there, there's a lot of positive that comes from that, but man, does it breed things like micromanagement? Yeah, it right. Does. Um, so because I'm, I'm sitting here going, man, that's an awesome idea. I love that. <laughs> it, it, my, it's, my kids packing for vacation. Right. It's, it's an easy way to get things done in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. It's very myopic. It's there's, there's very much a tactical application to that. But then on the tail end of that, you're almost breeding robots, right now. Now Smith and and Jones, you're, you're like, hey, hey guys, I need you to go do this, right? I need you guys to go clean the motor pool. Well, now you've spent so much time over the top of them, watching them do it, saying, hey, don't do this, don't don't do th do this, don't do this, that they get there and they're almost frozen because they don't know how to think anymore. Mm -hmm. You teach them to react well, and you teach mm -hmm. them to have reactionary discipline. But, you know, going back to that mindset, you know, not just what to think, but how to think. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to think beyond that and grow beyond that in order to have a successful organization. And that applies, I think, exceptionally well to access because it's extremely difficult for us to say, I want butts in seats for somebody in Boston 
when I don't have the ability to reach out and put a hand on his shoulder. Right. And you have to be able to make sure that you can follow up and really truly enforce what it is that you're saying or else you have a whole bunch of policies that mean nothing because you have no way to enforce it. And if you're saying it and you can't enforce it and you don't follow up on it, well, now you're just losing, you're, you're, you're going to destabilize and you're gonna lose them and the things that you say that are important are just gonna, they're just gonna roll off their back. Yeah, you know, it's funny as we talk about this, I'm, I'm thinking through of, you know, the things that I trust the least in people are the things that I have the biggest issue with with myself. Right. In other words, we push the way we think on other people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, I know I would forget those five brown t-shirts. And so I'm going to make darn sure that I have a checklist for those people. So they don't bring four, they bring five. And what happens with that is exactly what you said is what you breed with that is you breed that checklist mentality, which there's some good things to that. For sure. As a pilot, it's a checklist sure. is a really yeah. good thing. But also what you breed in that is, is lack of creativity and the way you want it done is maybe not the most efficient way to do it. And, you know, you get people who have been sitting on great ideas for a long time because you've told them to do things a certain way and you held them, you've made them so accountable to doing it that way, because that's what you know, and that's what you're comfortable with that you lose the better ways of, that we could be doing something. Right. Interesting aside to that too. And accountability for the technical domain of our, of our jobs, right? It's wildly important for our implementation consultants to follow a checklist to the, to the T, mm -hmm. right? So don't wholesale dismiss the need for accountability behind checklists, because again, there's a tremendously important tactical application to that. I think what we're talking about, Tim, is accountability to the things that you say you're supposed to do and the things that you're supposed to get accomplished. Right. And, and how do you build in that accountability metric to yourself and to your colleagues and to the organization as a whole, that's the accountability part that we're talking about, right? right. And, and that, frankly, it's easy to follow a checklist to implement a piece of software, but it's awful hard to have that accountability to the nebulous aspect that is being productive and accomplishing the things that you said you were gonna accomplish. And that's, and that's the two sides of accountability we're talking about is one is, how do you make sure that other people are accountable, but you know, for me, what I struggle with is me holding myself accountable. Mm -hmm. And and how do I do that? Especially as the CEO owner of the organization, it's easy to get a lot of, yes, great, everything's super. Or, and I think that, you know, the direction I'm going or, you know, my discipline or whatever it is, is great until something happens. And then I stop and think, wow, I'm not doing this the way I always did, or I need to do better. I need to be better. And that's where that accountability has to come from the outside. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what, you know, we've talked about, you know, I love about Barb in the past, Barb Costa, and just having her to talk to every now and then really brings me back. I know it does you too. brings, brings me back to being accountable to who I am and what I'm capable of. And that's what, you know, for me, that's what gets lost is me forgetting what I'm capable of and me creating my own bad habits and easily working around things and getting by with it and not living in my strengths to do things so that I'm my best, Tim. And, you know, I, I still tell the story of, of you coming in and telling me you like Lake House Tim a lot better than downtown Tim. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's funny. It was a, a really small statement, but it was really big. It, it really made me think a lot 
Um, and it made me look inside myself. And those little things are what helped me hold myself accountable going, wow, okay, well, wonder what that is. And it, better than you telling me what those things were, it's for me to do self-reflection. And it made a world of difference in, in my life and, and the course that I was on, the course versus where I need to be, and the way I'm thinking and acting versus who I really am, the true me. Huge part of accountability. And yeah. we've had plenty of those conversations with each other. You know, one of the things you helped me course correct a couple of, probably a month ago when you came and sat down and you know, I was ready to dive into our, our checklist and you said, hey, how you doing? And there's some stuff going on in personal life where I, I wasn't okay. You know, a lot going on in life. Yeah. And your recognition of that and pointing that out in a way that was centered in grace, but I see it and here's how I see that it's, that's affecting you. But again, leaving 95% of it to reflection helps a lot. And even at the highest echelon of our company, we have that accountability built into each other because we know those conversations are going to help us again, course correct and be better professionals, but then also better husbands, fathers, mm -hmm. whatever, right? It's huge. It does. And, and it all leads from trust. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really don't want to be held accountable by people that I don't trust and respect. Right. You know, cause I, I don't know, cause then I don't know where that that's coming from. So if you come to me and sit down and say, boy, I, I sure don't like what this is, what's going on here. And I feel like you're really, you know, missing this, or I feel like you're not being honest. Or I feel like you're whatever the case is. If I don't trust you and respect you, all this is going to do is make me angry. Because right. I, I think that's coming from a place of you trying to put yourself above me or you're trying to get an angle or whatever it is. But if, if there's trust there, I feel comfortable that you're coming at it from a point of professional and friendship caring and that you know me well enough. And we haven't known we've known each other for a while. But if you come to me and sit down and say, hey, I've got something I want to talk to you about. I trust you in saying that. And I'm hoping that even if it hurts a little bit at the beginning or I get feel defensive at the beginning, that I'm going to hear it out and I'm going to reflect on it. You know, we talk about Cody on the podcast. Cody's been on the podcast several times. And, you know, we've known each other so long that I welcome those calls. And, you know, you okay, man? Those things or you've seemed a little edgy. You, What's going on? You know, that's good. I, I, I welcome that. Maybe not in the first 15 seconds. But after that, I welcome it. And that's the accountability, whether that's at work or, you know, at your spouse at home, which is really tough. That's a whole nother topic. Oof. Right. Um, or, you know, just general friends. And, you know, I have friends in my life and you have friends in your life that that sometimes that question us in a in a very gracious way. Um, but boy, it hurts at the beginning. It hurts for a minute, but sure glad we had that conversation. Because if, if, if someone from the outside sees blind spots that we might have, for me, they're exactly that. They're a blind spot. I just don't see it. And from someone to point that out is very helpful for me to say, hmm, maybe that is something. And maybe I'm slipping. Maybe I'm not being the best me. It allows us to fix that. I really like what you said too. And it, I think it's important to note that when you're given feedback and, and holding that person accountable, especially when it comes to things in their personal life is you have to recognize that you're coming out of context a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot you see through a peephole into their life. Right. And when you know, like, I know you well, I know you well enough to know when things are a little bit off, just like, you know, me well enough to know the same thing. 
and I'm looking in through a people. And again, I see something, so I call it out, but for me to go down this concise list of things that I think are happening yeah, yeah. or things that in my mind and heart, I've, I've made a fact fit a feeling mm -hmm. is an easy way to lose your trust for accountability. So again, step in, Hey, you don't seem like yourself. Here's what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And then leave it alone. Don't try to put details in that don't fit. Right. Don't try to, to inject statements because you want them to be true. And don't make assumptions. Right. Just let it ride right. and, and leave that person to reflect. And you're going to get a whole lot more out of that. Absolutely. And the reflection is going to be way more valuable um, and powerful coming from within their own mind than it is coming from your mouth. Right. Otherwise, they're going to spend the majority of the time fighting against the half truths or the mm -hmm. bold, just boldly false statements that you right. made. Right. Because it ruins everything that was said, right. because this is not true. The ref or the rest, everything else you said is a bunch of BS. Right. Right. It, you know, it's funny um, when you talk about trust and how important trust is, you know, one of the things that Davin's brought into access is, is uh, every Friday's dealing with OKRs with mm -hmm different business leaders in the organization. So Davin, just for our listeners, why is it that you hold those meetings and deal with that and not me? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because a big part of my job, Tim, is is tracking and measuring the OKRs, right? Mm -hmm. it's, but it's it's what I do and it's it's the mechanism that I have to put accountability in place. But it's also, I know that it's, it's just flat outside of your strengths and you lock on to concepts sometimes that you know are important and we just drill really far into that right. and the rest just gets skipped over. So right. it, it's a hundred percent strength-based. I agree. And the other part of that is, you know, you're big on results mm -hmm. and you're big on executing on things and creating results. That's not me. And so when I talk about trust and accountability for you to hold those leaders accountable, there's trust there because they know that you do it, mm -hmm. right? So you're not asking them to do anything that you don't do. For sure. I'm not that guy, right? There's no way that there would be any trust there for them to me if I was the one leading those conversations because they're like, why, why am I doing this when he doesn't even do this, right? He can't create results or ex execute on things. Why is he asking me to? So there's that trust thing there. So as, as leaders, we have to know how do we hold people accountable and what do we hold people accountable to? And we have to be able to have the trust in those people, those people have to us in order to, to have credibility for that accountability. And so for me to talk to our software engineers about anything other than product concepts is it's a waste of time because that's not, I don't think like they do. I don't do what they do, but you know, the part that they have trust in me in is the vision for the product past that it's leadership in the company. And that's it for you. It's man, Davin gets things done. And we've made a lot of personnel changes here and you were the guy that did it and you were really the, you're the bad guy. But it's funny that at the beginning you were the bad guy, but the people that are still here see you as a great guy and they trust you completely with their careers. And, you know, it's strange that here you were the bad guy and now you're the good guy. And why is that? It's because you've done what you said you would do. And you followed through, you've been methodical, and that goes a long way with trust and credibility that allows you to hold those people accountable. I hold you accountable and I hold the people accountable around me to make sure that the vision and where we're going stays in the direction that I want it to go. Past that, I don't hold a lot of people accountable. My problem is me more than it is for the rest of the organization. Love that.
we talked and it was the previous episode we talked about a state of constant change yeah. and as an organization i think we were there for for quite some time and it's difficult if not impossible to build in accountability measures when when you're in a, in a state of constant change interesting vein between the very fine line between micromanagement and accountability measures mm -hmm. and oftentimes when you're in a constant state of change any attempt in the beginning for me to put in accountability measures was seen as micromanagement mm -hmm. was seen as me lording over the top of people and it took time and it took trust and it took the implementation of objectives and key results and how we measure that on fridays with the weekly business review in order to build that trust and for a little bit of context objectives and key results are the way for our leadership all and all the way down to the bottom to build in their own accountability measures with very little guidance from me and now what you should do during your week is in accordance with what you said you were going to do through your okrs right. what are your objectives what are your key results that you're going to check off to make sure that you can accomplish that objective so on friday it's not me holding them accountable they're holding themselves accountable mm -hmm. and then if, if they for some reason you know either they they missed the mark or some external variable they they missed the deadline they missed their accountability to it well now it's just having to recalibrate give an explanation for why and move forward again mm -hmm. and they almost not call themselves out but again they hold themselves accountable to what they said they were going to get done simply through the development of okrs and then being held accountable to that at the end of the week and it's been huge it's been huge for us it is and, and you know they feel accountable to their peers mm -hmm. it's they don't want to be the ones that didn't get their part done nobody wants to be held back by that person um, no one wants to be that person that holds people back and so because of that, I think people feel accountable. It's, it's a lot like, uh, back when you used to CrossFit a long time ago, mm. back when you were like me, um, and awesome. That's a side note, by the way, uh, <laughs> and debatable, <laughs> of course it is, but you know, we talk a lot about, you know, doing workouts individually versus team and as much, you know, as I enjoy those individual workouts, I enjoyed the team ones even more. And strangely enough, the team ones are the hardest ones because you don't want to let your team member down that I would work way harder because I feel accountable that I don't want to be the one that let us down that missed that rep or, you know, took too much of a rest or whatever it might be. And so I think it's that same dynamic with the group is we all feel accountable that we don't want to be the guy or the girl that let us down. And we all agree that this is where we're trying to go. This is what we're trying to accomplish. And I don't want to be that person. And I think there's a there's an accountability side to that, that if you set the goals too high, it can lead to an unhealthy mindset. But I think if it's done right and they're realistic, I think it can be a very healthy mindset for that accountability to your peers. Absolutely. And I think a, a really unique story is for this, Tim, is what about a month ago or so we talked about the implementation of basically an accountability software mm -hmm. and the company and, and uh, Jenny and Scott came to me and said, Hey, you know, here we're, we're worried about some productivity of, of some of our folks, you know, should we, we have the software that we can put in and it tracks all the way down to keystrokes. And I was so adamantly fundamentally viscerally opposed to the implementation of that kind of software because it's such a faux level of accountability. And there's a saying that I love that you, you start treating them like inmates are going to act like prisoners. Oh, wow. And we want accountability in our organization by them doing the things that they said they were going to do rather than us having to spend the majority of our time lording over their shoulder. And that is not a culture that you want inside of your company. It may make you feel good in the interim, 
and right away you may be like you know i have the ability to prove that you know daryl isn't isn't doing his job and i'm going to set out to prove that and you may do that mm -hmm. you probably will do that mm -hmm. but what are the downstream effects on your organization mm -hmm. culturally productivity wise people can game the system and so they're going to spend more time figuring out how to game your damn system mm -hmm. than they are building appropriate accountability measures right. so you can go two ways with it you can either lord over the top of your people you can either reach out and, and want to put a hand on a shoulder from eight to five or you can put things like like objectives and key results in and let them establish their own accountability metrics mm -hmm. and then hold them to the things that they said they were going to do we've had the ability to do both we've chosen what we believe to be the correct path and it's empowering to our people it's inspiring to our people they feel like they have the ability to take control of their work day and if they have to weave in going to the doctor at 2 p.m., great. Right. Go to the doctor at 2 p.m. Right. Just make sure your clients are supported. Make sure that, you, that, that your tasks are, are completed and we're good. Yeah. You know, it, it's so interesting to hear you, hear you say that. And it, it's so interesting to think about what motivates our people. So what motivates them to be accountable? And I think that, you know, two reasons. Number one, it, it's our job to ask them the questions of what are, you know, just like we do the OKRs on Friday, what are your goals for next week? What are your key objectives that you want to accomplish? If it wasn't for someone asking that questions, then there would be nothing to shoot for. Mm -hmm. Right. And so asking them those questions and them telling you, and then them reporting on that is very motivational. But also if you get people that can't do that, then, and I always, I used to do this. I'd look at myself and go, wow, it's my fault. And I heard so many people, whether it's be podcasts or books, you know, if your people aren't inspired or their people aren't doing a great job, it's your fault. You're not doing a great job of motivating that person. You know, I agree with that to a point. Maybe. Yeah. Um, however, you also have to stop and say, look, I'm hiring this person to do a job. And if they're not doing the job, like I want them to do the job, not necessarily how to do it, but are they, are they getting done what they need to get done? Are they accomplishing? Are they bringing value to the organization or to me as the entrepreneur? If they're not doing that and they've shown that they're continually not doing that, you got the wrong person and you can hold people accountable all day long. But if they don't hold themselves accountable, you probably got the wrong person. Absolutely. And an accountability software isn't going to do that for you. No, it's not. If, if you yeah. think your people, a person isn't being productive and not doing their job, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and that's where you need to lean into that difficult conversation and make sure that a, they know what they're supposed to be doing and they know how to accomplish their job. And if they know those things and you've checked those boxes and they're still not getting it done, well, then it's time for a necessary ending. Right. I agree. And let me jump back into something we talked about earlier. And that is, you know, what I deal with and, and wanting to be held accountable and needing to be held accountable as a listener. My encouragement to you is this is if you don't have someone in your personal life that is holding you accountable, find that person. If you don't have someone that's holding you accountable in your professional life, find that person. A lot of times that's two very different people. Find someone that you trust, find someone that would take the things that you tell them and lock them in a vault and die with them and share with them things in your life, positive and negative, and get someone to help you reflect and then hold you accountable for the things that you want to do or do better or be better or be professionally find that person that you trust. That's been there before that when you tell them something to smile and say, yeah, I've been there, I've done that. And let me tell you how I dealt with it. Boy, do you think that's the right way to do that? Or let me tell you a story. 
So having those people in your life will make you a better person. They'll make you a better human. They'll make you a better spouse. They'll make you a better father. They'll make you a better professional. And you will be where you truly want to be when you want to be that a lot easier and smoother with a lot fewer roadblocks. So my encouragement to you listeners today is find those people, find those people in your life. If you don't have them, go find them. And be that person to somebody else. Absolutely. Because there's someone that's looking to be where you are. It doesn't matter who you are or or what you've done or how old you are. It's irrelevant. There's someone always looking up to you. I remember I used to tell my teenage daughters at the time, they would be down or, boy, is this? look, there's people looking up to you. And you need to be that example to them. And you need to encourage them and be their mentor. And they would never believe you until you know you would hear from their parents about Boy, they sure do think so-and-so, or you know, in my case, Sophie was really awesome. And she did this the other day, and it meant the world to them that she said this to them. And so then to relay that to my daughter and say, they're looking up to you, and they need your mentorship. They need you to be encouraging. You know, that's the kind of stuff that whether you know it or not, people are looking at you, and they need you. They need your you to be a mentor to them, and they need you to help hold them accountable. So when they ask you to help hold them accountable, be that. It'll, it'll help them, but it'll also help you. Well, and it may take some years to be able to realize it too. And for me, Tim, being in the military for so long and being a first sergeant, it'll blow your mind to realize how many people reach out and say, hey, you know what? Now, Davin, then first sergeant, you know, you really, you added to my career by this. And I'll never forget the time where I was down and you pulled me aside and said this. That's the kind of stuff, Tim, that is so incredibly enriching to our lives and it's part of how we leave a legacy. It is. And that's kind of off the subject a little bit, but you know, that's when we're gone, that's all we have is our legacy. And it's the stories that people will tell or the way that we've touched people's lives. You know, I hope that when I'm gone, that I meant more to the world than just a eulogy. I hope that I tell my wife, I don't want one of those. I just want all my buddies getting up or the people around me get up and tell stories. For sure. And nobody would be offended by them. Well, and, and don't worry about getting, trying to get it right all the time. Yeah, you know, exactly. We're, we're going to make more mistakes than, than we do correct decisions. And, you know, oftentimes in there, give yourself grace. Give yourself mm-hmm. grace for your mistakes. Give, give others grace for their mistakes as well when you're holding them accountable. We're human. Yeah. We were born to fail. We were. And, you know, it, it's that adversity that brings wisdom. And it's those mistakes that make you wise, that make you better. So lean into them. Know that you made it own it and be smarter and be wiser because of it. And that accountability to yourself is what's going to make you a better person. It's going to make me a better Tim, you a better Davin. We could both stand to be better. <laughs> I've heard that before. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good place to stop. I, I love this episode, Tim. I really appreciate your insight and your wisdom on that. And what you provided for me from a mentorship standpoint and an accountability standpoint, you know, we talked about it just a little bit ago, has added so much to my life. And I wouldn't be who I am as a professional or a father or a person without that. So you've added that to my life. And so I, I can't thank you enough for that. Well, let's continue to hold each other accountable and be better. Hopefully by the time we do another podcast, we'll be better. We'll be better. Love it. Let's, let's go ahead and stop there. And you know, for our listeners, we want to make this podcast excellent. We want to be able to add to your lives. So we want you to hold us accountable to that by going to Facebook, going to Twitter, going to Instagram and leaving us that feedback and, uh, and hitting that like that retweet button so we can make sure that we're continuing to make this thing better for you guys. And as always go to our website, accessefm.com. check out our new impression offering. It's cool. It's elegant. It's a big part of what we're building here at access. And as always, we appreciate you listening, Tim. Thanks buddy. Hey, thanks everyone. 